Attention listeners, today's episode is about the movie Twilight and the book series as well. So there are some spoilers, just in case you're not familiar, you have some time to get out of this. Just in case you're not interested, you also have some time to get out of this. <laughs> I tried. I tried, guys. I tried to really get on track, <laughs> but I fell this behind. This is Y'all Heard, Woo! a podcast where me, Marissa Phillips, and me, Pete Phillips, are not related. Yes, and we get together and we comb through our brains to find the best nuggets of information, and then we cook up those nuggets and we feed them to you through an audio medium. I also hate Pete. Hashtag brain in nuggets. Other, in other words... We tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Like when Pete says things like that, how I hate him. <laughs> Guys, I can see Marissa now. Yeah. So I'm we gonna got just, video gonna back it. in action. Because back in the day, we used to do this. Yeah. So, Pete, how was your week? I was sick for most of the week. Did you go to work? And then today, <laughs> I was sick in a different way. <laughs> in the head. I did not go to work on Monday because I was... Head to toe, completely dehydrated. I was yeah. like the crypt keeper. Fun. And then Tuesday, I wasn't quite sure if I was contagious or not, so I didn't go to work. But then I went in on Wednesday. That's a through fun Friday. reason to, to not go to work. Yeah. I might be contagious. Let's yeah. not chance it. It worked, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like but that. if you're out for three days sick, you got to get a doctor's note. And I, even though I could go to the doctor's and get a note because I was sick. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'll just go in and... And kill everyone. I'm not risking anything. I was already sick. I'm just, yeah, risking everybody else's uh, well-being. So I went in and celebrated my birthday at the office. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Which is nice. I tried to do absolutely no work on my birthday, and uh, I did as little as possible. Did they clink glasses? pretty much, you know, par for the course. Did they clink glasses? Nope. Nope. But we didn't do that lunch yet, so... Oh, I think it's inevitable. So there's still time. Maybe I'll go to a place that doesn't have drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. By the way, can you see what I'm doing? Like, do you know what's happening on the screen? Because I definitely know I look like I'm doing something. Yeah, it looks like you're painting your nails, you're coloring, you are cutting something with an X-Acto knife, like, very yeah. carefully. Yeah, uh, let's go with painting my nails. That's nicer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So how was your week, Marissa? How did you celebrate my birthday? I celebrated your birthday by going on a wild party with a bunch of Latinas. There was definitely (laughs) people drunk driving me. Oh, that's not good. Wildly drunk driving me. In this video. What? In this Uber climate? Yeah, we Ubered there, but then one person did it and then we took a car back. (laughs) I have video of it and I was like, It usually goes the other way around. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. Everyone got drunk and just told each other their sexcapades, and it was it was very eye opening. I will not give details. It was very eye opening. I feel like I had other stuff to say, but uh, oh, oh, this is what I wanted to say. My cousins all recently, no, mm, they've all had babies, right? And uh, they, my cousins are beautiful. But, you know, it's hard to get your baby body back, whatever. So they're all like working on getting in shape. I don't know about you uh, listeners, but I thought she was going to go, my cousins are beautiful, but they're babies. <laughs> no, no, no. I am very skinny now. 
not because I'm fit. I'm very skinny because I'm sick. Because you're very and sick. And I <laughs> can't eat a lot. And sometimes I look like I have abs, but it's not abs. It's I don't have fat on my stomach. <laughs> so you see the muscle in my stomach. So I wore a crop top to the dance club. And my cousins just kept being like, ooh, look at that. Ooh, yeah. And then my one cousin kept taking photos of my stomach isolated. Just my stomach, not of me. And I remember that when I woke up and I was like, that was weird. But I figured she woke up and deleted them. No, we. Oh, I just, on the group chat, she just <laughs> put a picture of my isolated stomach and was like, fitness goals. I was going to say hashtag goals. <laughs> yep, hashtag fin, fitspo. Yeah. Finspo. Well, congratulations, Marissa, for being somebody's fitspo. <laughs> yeah, that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> Always ask. Okay, guys, if you're going to make someone your fitspo, you have to get yeah. consent first. Yes. I would have said no. <laughs> Excuse me, Marissa. So, will you be my fitspo? <laughs> no. I will not be anyone's fitspo. I can tell them. I was like, don't be jealous. Just get sick. Yeah. Like, I go to the gym. I just started going to the gym. I've been this thin for so long. I'm going to the gym to try to not waste away. And to be fair, coming from the perspective, I'm not going to say of your cousins, but coming from a completely different perspective, I am convinced that everybody who looks good at the gym has looked good for most of their lives. Oh, like, for sure. But, like, I don't see anybody overcoming, like... Right? Like, I've been going to this gym for, like, five years now, and I have not seen anyone come over the crest of the hill. And, like, like lo- I've seen really, really fat people get kind of fat. Like, that yeah. sort of thing, which is great. Uh, but, like, I have not seen anybody who came in pudgy get, like, super fit. So, I just don't like, think what- it's possible. Yeah, when I was struggling with my weight, I wouldn't go to the gym because I was ashamed that, like, I didn't look cute in outfits like everyone else does. So I feel like that's what it is. Like, people who are really struggling, like, feel threatened by, like, the gym climate. Yeah. That's unless, my thoughts. Unless you're like that's my two cents. Jonah Hill. And you oh, have the ability to do nothing but that for, like, several months in a row. Probably easy. I mean, yeah. But his head looks weird. <laughs> On that note... Speaking of heads looking weird, what? That's not a, that's not linked at all. Let's do an icebreaker. Icebreaker. I'm, I'm real sleepy today. And so I, this isn't a good one, but I was just wondering, you know, I was trying to think of something where it wasn't like, oh, what's your favorite blank? So I tried to think, <laughs> I was like, let's think about what Marissa would ask about. She would ask about situational things, like, what would you do if blank? But I was like, no, not a what would you do if. So then I just came up with this. What's your opening line when you have, like, conversations with people? Like, strangers? It could be strangers or, like, people that you see at work and you're, like, just checking in with them or something like that. Um, you tell me first. I'm usually like, hey, what's up? Peace. (laughs) Or I'm like, uh, hey... God, what? I How are you? Okay also, like, but why, like, don't, why don't you say what's your go-to topic? Do you want me to help you? Hey, that's fine. You can do that, too. You can tell can me that. Can you say that? I don't have a go-to topic. I ask people, I'm like, how are you doing? And then I always regret it. Oh, actually. And I make them regret it when they ask me back. <laughs> okay, here we go. How about what do you usually say when people are like, how are you? I'm keeping all this, Marissa. Yeah. 
I usually try to be honest with people, which I realize nobody wants. Yeah, only I want that, Pete. And I'm no like, one else wants I'm okay. what you bring to the table. Here's the worst. Because <laughs> it's too real. I go like, I'm okay. Hanging in there. And they go, Just oh. hanging in there? Oh. <laughs> What's wrong? And then I tell them. <laughs> and then they regret it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Guys, I love Pete. He's just he's full of real, and not everyone can handle that. Yeah, it's not for everyone. <laughs> I can handle real. That's why we're friends. Okay, I usually do greet people with like, hey. 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 <laughs> <laughs> or hey. <laughs> or like, oh, hey. Then. <laughs> um, when someone asks me how I am, my answer is 85% of the time, tired. I wish that was your answer. Hey, Marissa, what, how are you? Opening? 85% of the time, tired. <laughs> and uh, I'm very self-deprecating when I don't know what to say. And I make jokes about myself usually. And people who know me think they're funny. And people who don't know me feel very uncomfortable and think I have very low self-esteem. Which I do at times. But when I do those jokes, it's because I think it's funny. Not because I really have self-esteem. And I don't think people know the difference. Yeah, I don't know any more interesting way to answer that. Because that was... A very weird question. It was. I acknowledge that. <laughs> I feel bad because I feel like I drag people down a lot when they ask me how I'm doing. But, like, don't ask then. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Don't ask unless hey, you really want to know. Listeners, if you have an alternative way to start a conversation with strangers or acquaintances. How's it hanging? Count. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Once what? I read, I read somebody said that you should say, oh, what have you learned recently? Which is cute and novel, but like, I'd be like, nothing. I thought you were going to say, oh, I didn't know you were here. I like that better. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were here. What have you yeah. learned recently? And then you can tell people, well, I was listening to Y'all Heard, and this is what I learned about. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Pete, speaking, speaking of bad of- icebreakers... Excuse me. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of things I've learned. Okay. No, that wasn't a good segue. Anyway, guys, I'm going to tell you about a time in my life that Pete was there to witness. It was a very, very wild and emotional time. It was when I discovered Twilight. It's not unlike uh, Riverdale time now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was in college. I was older than I think it was appropriate. Yes. How I acted. I never read the books. Someone told me they were good, and I was like, whatever. I only read books I want to read. Don't tell me anything. And then I saw a trailer of a very pale man, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> and some moody people. Paleness and general moodiness are the key to my heart. And I was like, I'll watch it. And as I watched it, I was like, this is everything I want in my life. I feel like many women had that reaction to Twilight. Then it consumed my life for a very long time. Uh, I had like an almost life-size poster of Edward Cullen. Um, I made Pete attend. Wait, were you at that party? The, the Twilight party? Tea party? I hope not. You no, were, because you, you made a tombstone cake. I made Pete attend, okay, okay. attend the Twilight uh, dress up tea was, party. Guys, I thought that was a Halloween party. <laughs> no, no, you did that for another party. You okay. did too. That was a Halloween party. 
Um, yeah, I did a lot of things revolving around Twilight. The thing that uh, I remember the most is that she wanted the collector's cup from Burger King. Yeah. So I had to go to Burger King and eat like a six burger slider thing so that we could yeah. get the cup. Pete's a very good friend. <laughs> My parents bought me the Twilight game, board game. Uh, I had the Twilight like companion book. Anyway, there's a lot of things. I also had a framed Twilight picture. Remember that Casey Muir somehow got out of the garbage? I don't know, but it was gigantic. I would play the uh, Twilight board game. You would or you did? I would. Oh, man, I got to find it. I want to make you play it then. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Long story short, Twilight was a very important part of my life. I then also read all the books. I am contemplating while I'm reading Fifty Shades of Grey for funsies. (laughs) So recently... Twilight and all of the Twilight movies went on Hulu. And I was like, mm, let me watch it on a whim. Which, by the way, I own Twilight on DVD, and there was a time where I would watch Twilight constantly just because like, I liked having it on. Uh, and I was like, let me see it. And instantly it was like a warm blanket covering me. <laughs> However, a warm blanket that made me laugh a lot at times that weren't funny and also made me go, ooh, I'm going to turn it off here because I hate this part so much I can't handle it. <laughs> So, as an adult, Twilight is very cringeworthy. I still love it. I'm going to watch it again. I'm just going to keep stopping it at the part where they play baseball. Uh, (laughs) That's the only part I remember liking. That's the part that would be very upset. She goes, what? I didn't know vampires play baseball. It's the great American pastime. That's a verbatim piece of dialogue. Um, Anyway. Kendrick plays baseball. (laughs) No, Anna Kendrick is not. She's a human. <laughs> Anna Kendrick is a human in Twilight. She kind of looks like that other one. Go yeah, on. I, I know she does. Uh, so, as an adult, actually, me and uh, some other adult friends started rewatching Twilight, and we find a lot of things hilarious. And also, it reminds me of the books and all of the like mythos and all of the like lore that the author put in. A lot of the vampire lore does not follow traditional vampire lore i would know because if you want to go back to the y'all heard (laughs) archives uh my first episode was y'all heard about vampires and i am a scholar of sorts on vampire uh folklore so what i'm going to do i was contemplating like oh should i like compare it to regular vampire folklore and i was like no that would be doing a disservice because there's so much dumb werewolf folklore and nonsense folklore so i'm just going to tell you the weird pieces of the world that Stephanie Meyer, the author, created, because some people probably have not watched Twilight, and some people probably watched Twilight and forgot how fucking ridiculous it is. <laughs> and Pete, have you you have you've only seen like one of them, right? No, I think I had to see them all. Okay, I'm sure you don't. Again, didn't... I'm a good friend. <laughs> Pete is a good friend. Well, Pete, relive with me. The most absurd parts of Twilight. Visually, there are a lot of absurd parts. Also, I recommend if you do like Twilight, I don't know the the handle, but if you Google Twilight without context Twitter, it's a Twitter account that just screenshots pieces of Twilight and makes you realize how insane they are outside of without context. Yeah. They're okay. Not much better with context, probably. Shut up. So I'm not going to do this in any sort of order or sequential order because it's all over the place and it's all nonsense. So, I remember I remember one day Marissa talking to me. She was like flabbergasted that 
this Stephanie Myers just made it all up, all the folklore. Oh, was I? <laughs> Where I don't you were like, know. it's not even. I don't even know if you had gotten to see it yet or anything like that. But you were just like, it's all made up. Because <laughs> <laughs> it like doesn't follow vampire folklore at all. It's not based in anything. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, because it's all made up. So like. The fact that she chose to go this way in some ways, it's like, the yeah. fuck were you thinking? So, let's just dive right in, Pete. Splash. Even if you haven't seen Twilight, you have probably heard what is the most upsetting piece of her whole world, in that vampires sparkle. Yes. I do not mean their complexion is so flawlessly glowing nope. that they say they sparkle. I mean that when the sun hits them, their skin sparkles. To quote Bella, who is the protagonist in the Twilight books, who is also the human, when she sees Edward, the main vampire's skin sparkle, she says, it's beautiful, it looks like diamonds. Now, the reason why that is such an upsetting thing is vampires can go into the sunlight in this book. They don't melt, they don't burn. The only consequence of going in the sunlight is that they sparkle like diamonds. <laughs> so you would think like, ooh, that's weird. They're going to look like crazy people like if they're just in the sun. So that is why in the book they live in the town of Forks. It is considered like the gloomiest, most downcast, rainy place in the United States. So it's overcast. So they're outside in the daytime all the time because the sun isn't hitting them directly apparently. Very northwest. But on a rare sunny day, the entire Cullen family will go camping. Air quotes. I don't know why any school would let a bunch of people <laughs> not show up just because it was sunny, but that's what happened. Because their dad's a doctor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> By the way, the Cullen is, Cullens are the, the vampire family. It is a sort of like adoptive vampire family because these were all people that had their own families but died and then created a sort of vampire coven with the name The Collins. Okay. Next piece. Vampires have each have a distinctive skill. This skill is simply something they were good at as humans amplified. Like baseball. <laughs> no, nobody's no <laughs> like, they have one power we'd say. Mm -hmm. So let's say you were really muscular and, and really strong as a Thank human. Thank you. Maybe you would be like an incredible Hulk. <laughs> For example... Say you Edward, were like an empath. Maybe you could read people's emotions. Exactly. So Edward Cullen, he was very good at reading people. This was the reading main vampire people. in the movie. So when he becomes a vampire, he's telepathic. Alice, another vampire, can see premonitions. Sure. Yes, yeah, so that means if she was a human, I don't know, she was good at guessing? Yeah, I don't it. know. She won all um, the jelly beans in the jar. <laughs> Rosalie was beautiful, so I guess she was super beautiful. <laughs> and my favorite one is Bella, the human, eventually becomes a vampire. We don't know what the hell she was good at as a Nothing. person. Choosing the wrong guy. Am I right? High a, five. <laughs> no, I mean, as a human, everyone would always be <laughs> so like... So superpowers making always the wrong decision. No, 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 no. So Edward can read people's minds, but he would always be like, Bella, I just can't read I can't you. Read you. So he couldn't read her mind. So when she becomes a vampire, she can create force fields. Okay. All right. 
She can shield herself, and she can also make the force field grow. You know, to be fair, she kept up a lot of walls emotionally as well. You know what? She did. She really did. Her poor, poor father. Yes. Okay. Now, another very, I would go as far as to say controversial part of the books, and my favorite, is that werewolves have a different way of falling in love than other people. If you did not watch Twilight, it is a love triangle about a, a human, a vampire, and a werewolf. And there are clans of vampires and clans of wolves in this world. And various wolves have partners, and it's explained how they fall in love. The way it's explained is there is this one girl that used to have a boyfriend, but now her boyfriend en- ended up being married to her sister. And that's because even though, you know, he liked his girlfriend, he eventually imprinted on that girl's sister. Imprinting is this thing that the the werewolves have where they just suddenly get hit with this, like, undeniable, like, soulmate type of love where they see someone and they know that is their soulmate forever. You're saying and just werewolves? Yes. I may have gotten this series wrong in the end, guys. I might learn something with you today. (laughs) So what did you have in mind? I thought, I'm going to cut this part out. I thought Edward imprinted on his kid. Ew, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's gross. (laughs) But then I was like, no, wait a minute. He couldn't do that because... That's incest? It's his kid. (laughs) Yeah, also, can you not cut that part out? Which I wouldn't throw outside of the realm of possibility in Twilight. (laughs) Oh, absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so the reason why this is controversial, I mean, it's not that controversial, like the concept of imprinting, the reason it is controversial is, okay, so, who? Do you believe in destiny, listener? (laughs) Yeah, that. Okay, so the whole movie is a love triangle between Bella, the human, like I said, the vampire, and the werewolf. The werewolf is, like, undeniably in love with Bella Swan, the human. And it's, like, painful to him. And no matter how much she, she like, leads him on, but then ends up, like, ending up with Edward, he should have been heartbroken. He cannot leave Bella's side. He's committed to, like, a disturbing degree. And at the end of the movie, you understand why. Bella gives birth to a female child. Very shortly, I think moments after the baby comes out of her womb... Jacob the werewolf, who is like 16 years old, looks into the baby's eyes and realizes it will be his wife. Gross. So it seems to be implied that the entire reason Jacob was in love with Bella was because he was in love with her womb or her womb to be. (laughs) That is fascinating because he was in love with her before she even had a baby in her womb. So he was in love with the egg. Yeah, he was in love, exactly, he was in love. Which says a lot for conservative Christians in Twilight. (laughs) Very true. Well, the author is Mormon. Anyway. Now, you would be like, um, what? Ew, is he going to, like, make love to the baby? No, no, no. no. Let me explain why. Werewolves and that baby age differently. That baby, by the way, is a vampire-human hybrid. But let's take it one step at a time. 
I was like, I forgot exactly how werewolves age, so I googled, how did werewolves age Twilight? And I stumbled onto a forum, and it's, it was very convoluted in the book. So let me just read people explaining it on the forum, so you can see how comically convoluted and how nobody who read the books truly knows. Okay. Okay. Jacob is the werewolf, by the way. This one person goes, I vaguely remember Jacob mentioning something about how, for a period of time, werewolves don't age at all, or they age really slowly. How does this work? So someone goes, at 16 years old, they stop aging for five years. Then they age again, but real slow. Then when they're like 80, they look like 45, and pretty much half their age. And then someone's like... But his grandfather was a grandfather, wasn't he? But he was like a werewolf, but then he wasn't a werewolf, so then you age again when you decide to stop being a werewolf. Oh, you you could just quit. You stop thing. being a werewolf when there are no vampires where you live. You only turn into a werewolf when vampires are in town. So how much more time you got on this? <laughs> <laughs> werewolf, werewolf is becoming a werewolf is like a physical reaction to there being vampires in okay. your midst. Okay. And then the other person in the forum is like, what I remember is that when you first turn into a werewolf, you have a massive growth spurt that makes it look like you're about 25, but then you don't change. As long as you keep being a werewolf, you will never change age. But then once you give up that werewolf life, the aging process goes back to normal. So You would think it'd be seven years for every human year. Yeah, no. Instead, it's like Marissa, convoluted. Is this is this, uh, uh, this circumstance where... You, uh, uh, being a werewolf is in a response to vampires around. Is that something from lore? No. Because it seems to be replicated in the new Netflix series, The Order. <gasps> are you serious? I, like, people are werewolves, and they're werewolves, and the werewolf. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that's right, they're not vampires, it's magic. The werewolves exist to stop magic in this particular show, and the magicians want to kill all the werewolves so that they can run the world. So did you mean to ask me to be yes. sort of magicians when do, werewolves are their best? Do our vampires do, magic? Some do question. people start wolfing out when magicians are in their midst? Guys, this is going to be the worst you're going to hear me, I hope. <laughs> in terms of mental processing. Also, I'm sorry, this topic is more complicated than I realized it was. I think everybody's going to love this. Everybody has I'm, their notebooks out <laughs> Every time I pick a topic I'm passionate about, it becomes a cluster. I'm sorry. Nope. Anyway, okay. Get charts and figures, snapshot, so, tweet us. <laughs> comparably convoluted. And and I know that this sounds convoluted. If it sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about, it's because the book is convoluted. <laughs> uh-huh. No, it is. Anyway. <laughs> so then Bella and Edward have a baby together, and it's called Renesmee. Now, the thing is, Renesmee, as a halfling, also ages different. She ages very quickly, but then when she's, like, young adulthood, her aging is going to start slowing down. So, in essence, at some point, her and Jacob, the werewolf, their ages will even out, and they'll just, like, be stagnant for a while, and then at some point, they'll start aging again. It's weird. But not necessarily in sync. No, not necessarily in sync. Because if he starts stops wolfing out, he'll be, like, mad old, and she'll right. be, like, real young. It'll be nasty. 
So now I told you how there was like a vampire family, like an adopted vampire family. And this family has a vampire dad, a vampire mom, and a bunch of vampire children. And by that it means... <laughs> One time that, I was with Marissa in the car, and there was a bumper sticker on the car in front of us that said, I drive like a Cullen. Yeah, because Cullen's drive <laughs> And Marissa crazy. had to explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so the vampire husband and wife is just like their lovers, and he's older than the rest of the people, and she's older. So it just like takes like a... A stereotypical mom and dad role. You the know, other children, quote unquote, are actually <laughs> lovers. Right. But they pretend they're their kids. Hey. And they're was, like younger. Was Jasper's human strength being really skittish? <laughs> <laughs> no. Jasper can control the emotions of people around him. Okay. He's like a reverse empath. The thing is, the vampire father, he's a doctor, which is very interesting because he such has a good actor. You're like, been, what are you doing in here, bro? <laughs> <laughs> he's been able to like um, overcome his bloodlust, and he helps people. And he seems like a very caring, compassionate man. But when you go into his history, he's a fucking selfish monster. Yeah. Because he claims that he turns people into vampires to quote unquote save them. Right. His wife was a lady that he met who was on her deathbed, and he offered to turn her into a vampire. Fine, maybe he saved her. But Edward Cullen, the main vampire, hates being a vampire. He thinks he's a monster, and he thinks they have no souls, and he resents the fact that he was turned into a vampire. So Carlisle, just kind of the, the, the guy who does this, he kind of just like sees people dying and is like, oh yeah, I'm quote-unquote saving them. And at a point, he stopped saving people. So it's clearly like he just wanted to build a family for himself. And he, quote unquote, saves this one lady who was like raped and beaten just so she could be the lover of another vampire. And then that vampire ends up rejecting her. So he also saves another vampire man to be her lover. So basically, he just saves enough people so that everyone in his family has a lover. Okay. And it's really weird. Okay. And is that is that the bad guys? No. Okay. It's a good people. That's a good people. That's his family. Yeah. Okay. That's. Something. I only have two more, and then I'll spare you. Guys. Okay. Guys, listen. The father, great actor. All the bad vampires are the best. All the bad guy vampires in the movie, they deserved their own movie. Are you being sarcastic? I am not being sarcastic. What? You know what I'm into. I would have rather watched a movie, a sci-fi original. With all of the bad guy vampires. Oh, I mean sci-fi. They're totally sci-fi, yeah? <laughs> okay, my last two. Or Lifetime. The, mo the most obvious is that Edward Cullen, the main vampire, who falls in love with Bella Swan, who is, I think, 17. Edward has been a teenager since the early 1900s. He gets turned, like, in the fucking Victorian era. No, that's late 1900s. No, that's late 1800s. Doesn't matter. I might have got the era wrong. But he's been a vampire... For a fucking long time. So you would think he wouldn't mature mentally. So he ends up falling in love with a teenage girl. Right. Which is off-putting. It's kind of predatory. Also, all of the Cullen quote-unquote children pose as teenagers. Uh -huh. And they enroll in school everywhere they live. Why? <laughs> they have to keep moving to new places every time they graduate because they look like teenagers so they have to keep moving so nobody like thinks they're like magic but like why not just never leave your house like 
why do you go to school at all? Like, who would want to live like, forever and just stay in their house, Marissa? I guess that just seems like a huge plot hole. Like, it's boring to just go to algebra forever for the rest of your life. Like, I don't know, that's stupid to me. But my favorite one, and the one that bothers me more than anything, is it was a two-parter. It all has to do with sex, though. So, oh, the guys. main crazy thing of the book <laughs> is a human falls in love with a vampire. And vampires are really intense, and they can hurt you very easily, and they're very strong. So, Bella wants to have sex with Edward the vampire. That's problematic for two reasons. One, because he might get in a frenzy and, like, want to eat her. And two, because he's afraid he's going to hurt her. <laughs> like, break her vagina in half and, like, throw her against the wall. But, so he's like, I'm going to turn you into a van- vampire eventually. Let's have sex when you're a vampire. And she's like, no. Because apparently, when you're a vampire, what matters to you most is blood. And your sex drive isn't as strong. So sex is pleasurable, but it's not as pleasurable as when you're a human. So she's like, no, I want to bang like banging's supposed to be. So I'm not letting you turn me till we have sex. So they have sex. It's very hard for the vampire. She is very selfish. And he bruises her and it looks like he beat her. So that's weird too. Yeah. Now, question. Edward is undead. And one point in the book, their fingers touch. And she said, oh my God, he's ice cold. Yeah. I mean, first of all, the tamest part is it should be unbearable to lay next to him. It should be your, like, laying next to ice. So you shouldn't even want to make out with him. Uh, obviously, you've never been in love, Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> Two, how the f*** does he get a boner? You can't get a boner if you don't have, like, blood and shit. And three, you need impressed- Guys, make that a note, mental note. You need blood and shit <laughs> in order to get a boner. <laughs> three, she gets her pregnant. Yeah. A vampire gets a human pregnant. Boy, did boy put undead sperm into her? With his cold like, dick? Yeah, his cold, flaccid penis somehow got her pregnant. By the way, if you didn't read the book, I recommend it only because he gives her a C-section with his teeth. And it's awesome. <laughs> so, I know this was a convoluted episode. I just hope it was a lot of the fuck. And I hope, if nothing else, it makes someone who hasn't watched Twilight watch Twilight, and it makes someone who watched it a long time ago revisit it, just so you could be like, yo, this movie, weird. Yeah. So, Pete, any questions? Um, if somebody was like, all right, I'm willing to give this a shot, but I'm not going to deep dive into, what is it, six movies? Five. Is there one that you think they should see more than the others? I was just talking about this. Even though, okay, I will say two things. I have heard some guys... Who said Twilight was not for them? Say they liked the last episode. Episode, I'm sorry. Like the last movie the best because it had the most action. If you purely want a movie that's like whatever, and you just like you'd be happy to see like an action movie that means nothing to you, I would say the last one does have some like gore and fighting, and it's kind of fun in that sense. But I could throw every single movie away if I could only keep the first one. Mind you, mind you. The first one is the most low budget. It has probably the worst acting, and it has the most cringeworthy dialogue. However, it's the authentic. woman who directed <laughs> that movie, who I love, who also wrote the movie Seventeen, no, not Seventeen, Thirteen. You could tell. So a woman directed the first one, and men directed the 
all the rest, and you can tell. The first one has the most, like, emotional meaning and depth, and you feel like a teenage girl when you, like, you can feel the emotions of a teenager in that first one. Pete's laughing at me. Like, the first one really hit me. Like, I could, I could feel like I was back in high school in that first one. And you could feel, like, the awkwardness of, like, falling in love with someone. And you could feel like the, oh, I need to be in love with you or I might as well die. Also, it had a very moody vibe that I love. No, no, no Kristen Stewart movies have a moody vibe. No, 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 no. I mean, the colors, like... Uh, Catherine Hardwick, the director, yes. made the entire thing have like this wash of blue. And also, shut up. I just realized <laughs> what you were saying was, was sarcastic. It has this shade of blue that really gives it this like, I don't know, this like awesome feel that no one else follows that follows up with that color scheme. Also, um, the main female villain, they replace her with Bryce Dallas Howard uh, in later movies, who does not bring the same amount of like, wildness and like evilness um so i would say really the first movie is the only one worth watching if you only want to watch one all right so people that's logical you know yeah gotta start at the beginning guys also it has like amazingly bad dialogue like hold on spider monkey yes yes (laughs) oof plugs my plug I'm beating a dead horse here. But I'm going to tell you about a new aspect. My plug is the first Twilight movie, not for anything I said, but purely so you could see the awkward faces Kristen Stewart makes. Yeah. I've and never sounds. been in a movie more where people bite their lip or, like, their tongue uh. almost comes out of their mouth involuntarily. And it's hilarious. And also, for the dialogue, so the lion fell in love with the lamb. What a stupid lamb. What a sick, masochistic lion. That's like the the love story between a human and a vampire. Mm-hmm. Okay, Pete, how about you? This is kind of a like this is kind of a selfish plug, so here's here's what I'm putting out in front in front of everybody. Watch that new Idris Elba sitcom on Netflix, Turn Up Charlie. First, Ooh, I had no that? idea that it was even coming. Secondly, it's Idris Elba as a, um, I guess like a an out of work DJ. So he's he's a DJ, but he had a hit song in like the '90s, and his friend is a successful actor in America who comes back to London to try to work on the stage. And Idris Elba reconnects with his friend, and his friend is like, "Oh, you're a little hard on your your luck, you know." And this guy's kid is a pain in the ass, and so he goes, "Hey." Would you be my kid's nanny? And and I'm just like, what happened here? Like, how much did they pay Idris Elba for this? And then at the end it goes, Is it cre- funny? Created by Idris Elba. And I'm like, son of what? a bitch. <laughs> and another person. And I'm like, no shit. Okay. Let's. So then I keep watching it. And so, like, the kid in the show is like a little piece of shit in the show. And she's supposed to be. But um, as you watch it, I don't know. I just kept watching it, and then one episode would end, and I would just go into the next one, and it was pretty fun to watch. The reason that I'm asking everybody to watch it is not because I think it's necessarily good, but because I can't figure out if it's entertaining or, like, really stupid. Is it, it reminds funny? Me, it reminds me a lot of the Santa Clarita Diet, which I did, which I refused to keep watching, where I was like, this looks too prefab and stupid, and I can't go along with this. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've never watched that. It looked dumb to me. But no, there are, to answer your question, there are a lot of funny parts and a lot of funny peripheral characters and that sort of thing. So it's funny. Yeah. And just to kind of see Idris Elba not be a sleek, suave, sexy man (laughs) is kind of refreshing. He was also on SNL recently. That's fun. Yeah, I think I think that was tied in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I would suggest that. Oh, the other thing is you're watching this show and you're like Idris Elba comedically taking care of a child and they get into antics and fun ensues and they have to answer to the parents and stuff like that. But then people are like, yeah, f*** that. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> is this a fa- Why? I, what kind of family show is this? <laughs> so I had a hard time reading the tone of the show as well. I'm like, it seems like this is for a for adults, I guess, but it's not so compelling. I don't know. So I would encourage people to watch it so that you could talk to me about it offline because I don't know what to think about it. Sounds good to me. That's it, everybody. Uh, 570-PODWAD1 is our phone number. You can also look us up on Twitter at YallHeardPod. Slide into Marissa's DMs. Non-sexually. Stay out of mine. (laughs) Goodbye.